This week in staff meeting, uh, we always have a prayer time, but this week particularly, we uh, decided to read uh, Psalm 72 in sections and to pray through uh, those sections with the upcoming elections and burdens and concerns on people's hearts. And uh, the feedback uh, from the staff was how helpful it was, and so that's what we want to do this evening. Uh, I'm going to take the first section Psalm 72, verses 1 through 7, Uh, and then Pastor Casey's going to take the next section, verses 8 through 14, then Pastor Nate's going to take the last section, verses 15 through 20, and we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, the psalm and lead you uh, in prayer in relation to the psalm. I want to invite you to stand in reverence for the reading of the perfect words of our sovereign God. I'm going to read verse uh, 1 of Psalm 72 down through verse 7, and then pray. Of Solomon. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. Give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures, as long as the moon throughout all the generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. Let's pray. O Lord, as we bow before you and bow before your word, shape us, form us, teach us, transform us according to the truth of your word. Make us a people who are sober-minded and hopeful. Make us a people who are excited about the opportunity before us, and yet that we see it with clear eyes. Lord, be glorified as we study together tonight in Jesus' name, amen may be seated. This psalm is a powerful psalm that I think is really helpful partly because of the way it interplays two realities. There is a sense in which Psalm 72 is a prayer, a prayer for the king. At the very beginning in the superscription it says it's of Solomon. But then when we go to the very end of the psalm in verse 20 it says the prayers of David the son of Jesse are ended. It seems to be that the most likely understanding of what's going on here is that this is a psalm composed by David for Solomon. We're not sure about that exactly, but but that is very likely what's going on here. And so it is certainly a prayer for righteous rule, a prayer for a kingdom that would be established in justice and righteousness. But what happens so many times is the longings extend beyond what could be fulfilled in a particular rule at a given time in history. So it's not only a prayer, it's also a promise. It it reaches beyond the historical moment to something greater. In a lot of this psalm, it can only be realized in the coming of a king that is righteous perfectly. The coming of a king that perfectly executes justice. The one whom we know as the promised Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. 
But the balance between thinking about living in the world in an earthly kingdom and the kingdom that knows no end is exactly the balance that we have to have. The way we have to think things out. The way we have to proceed as we move ahead in the days ahead. Somebody is going to be elected president of the United States very soon. A slate of other people are going to be elected to all kinds of offices in our nation very soon. Many people, if not most people, are very apprehensive about many things to do with this election. Many of the ways it's been carried on, the character of the candidates at the top of the election. But nevertheless, somebody will be president. One of the things that we've got to do is to commit to pray for whoever that is. We're going to pray tonight. We will pray for the president, whoever becomes the president-elect. But we've got to do more than that. We tend to want to just think about praying that other people would do the right thing. Praying that people in offices would, would do the right thing and live according to justice and righteousness And yet, we must also pray that we respond in the right way. We must pray for ourselves at this strategic moment in history. That we would be faithful to the moment. That we would stand for the glory of the ultimate and true King, no matter who has the most power in our nation. That is vitally important. It is easy and simplistic just to complain and grouse about those who sit in particular offices. But no matter who sits in any office, we have to serve Jesus as King. And so as we study Psalm 72, we get some help on how to think about that. Because I want to be very clear to you, things like who sits in seats of power matter. They're important. They affect real people's lives. If someone were to say, I don't, I'm not interested in politics, I'm not interested in that kind of thing, uh, you still should make yourself interested because you have neighbors. The policies that are enacted affect real people. We ought to seek the good of the city where God places us. We ought to seek truth and righteousness and to the best of our ability, policies that do not harm but rather protect. Policies that are marked by the righteousness and the justice it calls for here. And yet, we always have to remember that there have been worse rulers than those who ever will be elected in this election all around the world. And nothing can stop the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing can stop the kingdom of Christ. Christ as King, and we acknowledge Him as such, means that His kingdom will know no end. That all of the kingdoms of this earth will be shaken, but His will not. So we never put our ultimate trust in the temporal rule of anyone, though we do care, and we do care passionately for the one who we put our trust in. It's that balance It's treading that ground that is so important. Psalm 72. Give the King your justice, O God. O God is emphatic there in the Hebrew. O God, 
Give the king your justice and your righteousness to the royal son. In other words, the one who rightly royals, uh, the one who rightly rules. This is a call here that, that God has the ability to put things right and that we long for a king, a, a leader, one who rules, who does what is right. Each one of these sections begins with a petition. Here, this uh, plea for justice and righteousness, for God to give the king that. In, in verse 8, in the next section, it's that, that there would be dominion over all the earth. In verse 15, the final section, that there would be long life and reign. But here particularly, righteousness and justice. Now, no earthly king exercises those things perfectly. But we long, with everything within us, at least a reflection of the righteousness of the true king. At least a reflection of the justice of the true king. Look at verse 2. May He judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Notice there's always a concern for those who are neediest around. When we hear the word judge, we tend to think of punishment. And yet judge, the way it's used here, is, 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 is used more often for delivering the righteous, delivering the innocent, than it is for uh, punishing the evildoer, though that is certainly a part of it. But we are to be concerned about the poor. We are to long that the one who rules, rules with a sense of accountability, that he has to worry about more than those who are the haves. Look at, as it continues, let the mountains bear prosperity. Now the word translated prosperity, here's the word shalom. Literally, this is let the mountains bear peace. Or let the mountains bear well-being for the people. And the hills in righteousness. And then there's the call, may He defend the cause of the poor of the people. Give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. If there's any programmatic statement about what a righteous leader ought to do when leading, it is here. Defend the cause of the poor. Deliver the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. To, to deal with evildoers and yet promote those who are in need and, and well-being for those who are the most innocent. A programmatic statement here. God's provision in the created or, order to care for people. Justice for the poor. Prosperity or peace or well-being for the people in as much as He's able to ensure it. Proverbs 22-23 says, Do not rob the poor because he is poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate, for the Lord will plead their cause. And the righteous ruler, the righteous leader, pleads the cause of the needy in the fear of the Lord. Look at verse 5. May they fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In other words, may, the, may the, the, the ruler be one who is like the rain that refreshes the earth. And verse 7, In his days may the righteous flourish, and peace, there's the word again, shalom, abound till the moon be no more. This language of peace abounding, this, this, 
fear of the Lord, this, this throughout all generations, clearly that's beyond what any earthly leader can ensure anybody. That's messianic promise. That is the stretching out of the hope of the consummated kingdom. And yet, the longing here is that here and now, God would provide such leaders for us. And in this federal democratic republic that we participate in, that we would be such people no matter who sits in any other office. You see, that's the key. Not just simply that we want leaders who would be righteous and just, but that we would be righteous and just no matter whether or not leaders are unjust. Not only that we want leaders who defend the cause of the poor, but that we would defend the cause of the poor. Not only do we want leaders who give deliverance to the children of the needy, but we will give deliverance to the children of the needy no matter what. Not only that we have leaders who will crush the oppressor to every bit of ability within us, we will work against injustice and for the cause of truth and righteousness for the sake of the most needy. And what we are attempting to achieve to the best of our ability is shalom, peace, well-being, the good of those who would otherwise be harmed. We have to bear responsibility for that as well. And so everything that we pray for and we look to the ultimate promise of Messiah for, we long for in leaders, we are to live out no matter what our leaders do. going to be looking now at Psalm 72, verses 8 through 14. I want to ask you a question tonight. Have you ever wanted to rule the earth? Now, some of you are thinking, of course not. But then again, you're, you're probably second-guessing yourself now. Because we are indeed all sinners, and when we rebel against the ruler of the universe, that is indeed what we are wishing. If I could rule the earth, if I could have my way, and if you would have had that thought and that wish back in November of 2012, and just happened to be searching the internet on the Yahoo auction site, you would have been in luck you would have found the opportunity of a lifetime. You would have found the opportunity to place a bid on the earth. You see, it had been listed there by a man from Japan, and he listed it as no joke. He claimed that God had appeared to him in a dream and given him the earth. He listed it as an authentic item, he listed that there would be no returns. This would be a final sale. And in case you were tempted to place a prank bid on it, he wanted you to include a message stating serious intentions. Well, this went viral. And it started at 86 cents. And over the course of months, the bid eventually got to $123 million. I wonder how that transaction ever took place. And we kind of laugh about that. 
And yet we know that there have been in the history of the world more serious attempts to rule the world. We think of people such as Alexander the Great or Napoleon or Hitler. All men who had those ambitions, all men who ended up ultimately failing, thanks be to God. And then we live in a world where it doesn't seem these days much like a man or a nation is going to take over the world, but perhaps it's going to be Apple or Google or Amazon. When we get to Psalm 72 verses 8 through 11, we begin to see that it is indeed going to happen one day. It is indeed going to happen. There is a prayer being prayed that the king would indeed rule the entire earth from sea to shining sea. Look with me at verse 8. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. And so we have this prayer. We know because... We know how our Bible ends that this is a prayer that finds its ultimate fulfillment not in any earthly king, not in David or in Solomon, but in one of David and Solomon's far-off grandchildren. That this is a prayer that finds its ultimate fulfillment not in any earthly kingdom, but in the kingdom of God coming down through Jesus Christ. And so what we see here is a description that looks something like a United Nations meeting, only there's a huge difference. You see, when we gather with the nations of this earth and we try to collaborate and cooperate to get things done, all of the rulers and representatives come with their own agenda. They come and they're, they're trying to make deals. They're trying to benefit their own nations. But when we read this description, it becomes very obvious that there is only one agenda. That that is the agenda of the king. The most powerful people in the world will be bowing down before this king to lick the dust. And as we know from our New Testaments, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as we face an election year and as here we are on the eve of Tuesday, where a new president will be elected in our nation, it is important for us to keep what's being described in verses 8-11 through 11 in mind. Whether the person you're voting for wins the election or not, whether the person that you think would be worse for America or the person you think would be best for America wins the election, 
It does not matter ultimately because what is being described here in Psalm 72 will never be threatened. And there may be days when it appears that way. It certainly did for Israel. I think it's important to remind ourselves that Psalm 72 was originally Israel's Scripture. A political nation with real human kings. And they knew too that these psalms were pointing ahead to a coming Messiah. And yet there were times where they were exiled from their home. There were times where they existed outside of their own lands and under foreign rulers and and authorities. And yet we know that none of those circumstances ever threatened the promise that God had made. He always intended to fulfill His promise in Jesus Christ. And so this is going to happen. This prayer in verses 8-11, through that the desert tribes bow down before Him, that the enemies lick the dust, that the kings from all these lands and coastlands come and render him tribute this is going to happen but here's the other thing we've got to remember as this happens and yes we have already seen it happen for the kingdom of christ has come as we await for it to be ultimately consummated but when it's consummated It will be unlike anything you or I have ever seen before. We think about people like Hitler and Napoleon and Alexander and we fear and we worry, you know, what if someone like that had accomplished their goals? What if someone like that had been able to take over the world? We think about that and people in Hollywood write TV shows about what the world would have looked like if that would have happened. And yet here in verses 12 through 14, this kingdom is described, this king is described in ways that we never would have imagined. For he delivers the needy when he calls. The poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his Sight. You see, here's the key difference. Every kingdom in, on the face of this earth and the history of the world has preyed on the weak and oppressed the weak and the needy. And yet the king that we hope in, the king that we trust in, the Messiah who has died, for our sins does not come to prey on the weak. This king comes and serves the weak. This king comes and gives his life for the needy. This is a kingdom that we can be proud of. This is a kingdom without scandal. This is a kingdom without kickbacks. This is a kingdom where there is no one receiving us unjust gains. There's no one on trial about emails. And there's, you know, there's no fear of disgusting recordings popping up. There are no, there's no racism. There's no abortion. There's no human trafficking. Because this king comes and makes everything right. 
And you and I, by the mercy of God, are called into this kingdom. But we don't merely sit back passively and wait. We are the people that this very king taught to pray, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are His church. We are His bride. We are His body. We are the embassy of His righteous kingdom. And so we have an obligation. The people who have received His kingdom, the people who are awaiting for Him to return to consummate His kingdom, to represent His kingdom now on this earth. As we defend the weak and speak on behalf of those who do not have a voice, And stand up for those who have been trampled upon. What a comforting thing to know on the brink of an election that many of us fear the outcome of. We must keep our King in our minds. We must remember the hope that we have. Let's pray to that end tonight. I want to invite you just to remain standing and hear the word from Psalm 72 as we close out this psalm from verses 15 and following. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all the day. May there be abundance of grain in the land. On the tops of the mountains, may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon, and may the people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May His name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in Him. All nations call Him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be His glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Please be seated. Reading through Psalm 72 uh, and praying through it this evening has... uh, in preparation for this evening, immediately cast my mind to something already referred to uh, by Pastor Casey. We didn't even talk about this, but he referred to the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, Both Psalm 72 and the Lord's Prayer acknowledge that there's something not quite right with the world. Uh, Oppression abounds. Injustice abounds. Want abounds. Fruitlessness, famine, wars, they all abound. And let me get something very clear. It's good and right for us to long for peace. It's good and right for us to long for prosperity. It's good and right for us to long for the ceasing of all injustices. But both Psalm 72 
and the Lord's Prayer show us very clearly that our ultimate need is fulfilled in a king with a kingdom that source is only from above. Uh, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, We have been praying uh, for the president-elect, whoever that may be on Tuesday night, and, and ultimately we pray for a king whose kingdom effectively reverses the results of the fall into sin. We pray for a kingdom where wars cease, and, and, and we pray for a kingdom in which fruit, fruitfulness abounds, a kingdom who unites all nations, and a kingdom, uh, uh, a king who, who rights all wrongs and undoes every bad thing, a king, as, as Revelation says, who makes all things new. And uh, while Psalm 72 is a prayer for the reign of King Solomon, uh, it prophetically pleads for the kingdom of Christ to be established and fulfilled and consummated. And uh, just as we heard this morning so powerfully preached, uh, Jesus is better. <laughs> There's no king like King Jesus. As we read this just a moment ago, I hope you took note of, of the prayers that were offered up for King Solomon in this, in this psalm. Long may he live, may gold of Sheba be given to him, may prayer be made for him continually, and blessings invoked for him all the day. May there be abundance of grain in the land, on the tops of the mountains may it wave, may its fruit be like Lebanon, and may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. We pray, as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, for his will to be done on earth, in the here and now, in the tangible uh, these things are all prayers that, 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 that we can see, that we can touch, that we can taste, that we can experience with our lives. They're prayers on behalf of the king, the elect king, or not the elect king, the appointed and anointed king in Psalm 72. Uh, they, they're prayers for him and on, him beha- on his behalf. They pray, and I'm going to list some things here that are mentioned. They pray for his health. Long may he live. They pray for his prosperity. May gold of Sheba be given to him. They pray for his support. May prayer be made for him continually in the community, in the nation. May we as a nation lift up our leader and pray for him and blessings invoked on him all the day. May there be abundance of grain in the land. On the tops of the mountains may it wave, may its fruit be like Lebanon. I don't know if you caught that, but uh, if you don't know anything about farming, grain doesn't grow on tops of mountains. <laughs> okay, uh, It's rocky, and it's cold, and it's not conducive for growth of much of anything. And yet the prayer is that the grain, the produce from the land, the riches and the wealth of the land would, would produce its fruit even in the most unlikely places, on the very tops of the mountains. And as we pray in light of this psalm, we pray for the here and now, rightfully so. We pray for the tangible. We pray for the things that we can taste and see and experience in our lives. We pray for our leader to be. We pray for his or her health. We pray for his or her prosperity. We pray for the land to produce plenty, not only for the sake of our nation, but for the sake of the nations. We pray that 
the amber waves of grain would be seen on the peaks of the Rockies for the sake of this nation and for the the nations uh, around the globe. We pray, we pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And even as we pray that prayer for the, for the tangibles, for the things that we see, for the, for the peace, the prosperity, the good things that, that we can see in our culture and in our nation, we also pray that uh, thy kingdom come. We pray and we preface all the other prayers for the tangibles by praying and longing for His kingdom to come. It's an acknowledgement that until the coming of the King, the King, all other kings will in some measure be inadequate. They will be lacking. They will miss the mark. Uh, There will always be, until the King comes, There will always be some measure of oppression on the weak. There will always be racism. There will always be hunger. There will always be pain and injustice. And so we pray for the tangibles, but we pray in light of thy kingdom come. In light of the future consummation of the coming Jesus Christ. And... uh, the psalm ends that way. I love the way this psalm continues. May there, uh, verse 17 says, May His name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in Him. All nations call Him blessed. And, and look, look at where the psalmist points us. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be His glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with His glory. It didn't say, may Israel be filled with His glory. It said, may the whole earth, may every nation, every people, every tongue be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. And we pray, Thy will be done on earth. And we pray, Thy kingdom come. Uh, Verse 20 ends this psalm, ends book 2 of the Psalter. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. And, And this psalm is an inauguration of his son Solomon's reign. Uh... God granted Solomon wisdom. He was the wisest man on earth. He granted him 40 years of reigning over Israel. And in this 40 years, Solomon's reign was arguably the most prosperous and the most peaceful and the most amazing time in the history of Israel to be alive. Um, if you want to, we don't have time tonight, but I encourage you to go to 1 Kings chapter 10 and just read of how wonderful and prosperous Solomon's reign was. The gold of Sheba was brought to Solomon. Uh, the queen of Sheba brought him gold. Hearing rumors of his wisdom and hearing rumors of his, his vast power and uh, pro- prosperity. And she brought him an offering of gold. Amazing riches filled the entire kingdom such that silver was considered to us or to them like we would consider steel or aluminum. The text says in, in First Kings it was cast aside because gold was so plentiful. Uh, Solomon's reign uh, was one of abundance and prosperity and, and glorious, glorious peace. Under Solomon's reign, the nation prospered, and also under his reign, other nations prospered. And yet, we read in Matthew chapter 12, verse 42, Jesus speaks of Himself, one greater than Solomon is here. Uh, 
He's speaking of himself. One greater than Solomon is here. And, and we pray, your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I want to, I want to invite you at this time, uh, with, these, with these two aspects of prayer, with the, with the aspect of praying for the tangibles on behalf of the president-elect and on behalf of our nation and praying for uh, the future consummation of the kingdom, thy kingdom come. Let's bow and spend a time in prayer.